Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host Christopher Anderson, here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Unbillable Hour. I am your host, Christopher Anderson. Today's episode is about business development. Now, usually I know I'll say this a show like this would be about marketing, more about sales or something of that nature, maybe acquisition. But today we're going to learn about specifically the term business development and how it relates to those two things, marketing, sales, or three things, acquisition. Um, the title of today's show is Business Development, Planning and Practicing. And my guests were really fortunate today to have Steve Fretzen. He's the owner of Fretzen Inc. It's a company that helps attorneys specifically to improve their business development game. But before we get started with Steve, it is time to do a little business of our own. I want to say thank you to the sponsors that make this show possible. Alert Communications. If any law firm is looking for call, intake, or retainer services available 24-7-365, just call 866-827-5568. Scorpion is the leading provider of marketing solutions for the legal industry. With nearly 20 years of experience serving attorneys, Scorpion can help you grow your practice. Learn more at scorpionlegal.com. Law Clerk, where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Visit lawclerk.legal to learn how to increase your productivity and your profits by working with talented freelance lawyers. LawYaw provides end-to-end document automation for solo, small, and mid-sized practices. Save time and avoid mistakes with documents that you draft over and over again. Learn more at LawYaw.com, and that's L-A-W-Y-A-W.com. And again, today's episode of The Unbillable Hour is Business Development, Planning, and Practicing. And I am super pleased to introduce my guest, Steve Fretzen. Steve is focused and passionate about helping attorneys to master the art of business development to achieve their business goals and the peace of mind that comes with developing a successful law practice with his company, Fretzen Inc. So Steve, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, it is absolutely my pleasure. It's great to have you on. So um, as uh, is sort of a tradition with the Unbillable Hour, my intros are terrible and inadequate. So I'd like to ask you to kind of fill in the blanks. What's your background that brought you to be helping attorneys with business development? And, and by the way, don't bury the lead. We're going to talk about what is business development in a second, but just what's your background that led to this? Sure, sure. So my background has been in sales since I was 16 years old, selling shoes at a store called Kinney's. Oh, which if you're un- yeah. you remember Kinney's? If you're under 35, you have no idea what that is. <laughs> yeah. But for us old folks, right? And um, I always enjoyed uh, working with people. And so I, I really learned and improved a lot of sales techniques and, and, and just was always successful in sales. And it led me to start my own consultancy coaching business in 2004, mainly working with entrepreneurs. So I can tell you, I'm not an attorney, nor mm-hmm. did I think that I would ever work with attorneys. It was never a blip on my screen. All right. So that always leads me to the question, since the attorneys in the United States are a humongous market of only 1.2 million uh, people, more than half of which are not in private practice, and less than half of them actually in any role that would require business development, that's a small market. 
why did you choose to help attorneys with this? Well, wait a second. Now that you mention all that, I'm, I'm having second thoughts. <laughs> uh, so here's what happened. The recession hit in 2008. Yeah. And I started working with some attorneys and they absolutely fell in love with what I was teaching. And what I call it is sales-free selling. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's all the things that I learned in sales that I hated, which was pitching, convincing, you know, trying to push a, a square peg in a round hole and just really disliked it. So I came up with processes and systems that were non-salesy. It was all about relationships and being very consultative and, and empathizing with people. And, and it just really gelled well with the, with the lawyers I was working with. And then one turned into two and then a law firm and then another. And within even a short amount of time, a few years, it was about 80% of my total business was working with attorneys and law firms. And I was like, oh my God, this is this is great. You know, this is great. These are people that really appreciate what I'm teaching and, and why it works. Yeah. And let's keep it going. Yeah. I love what you just said, because I mean, it's, it, as part of, you know, I talk all around the country too. And on this show, we've had a lot of guests. And, and when I work with attorneys, like that's the thing is what you just said about, you know, sales Z. I hate that word because it shouldn't mean what people think it means. And I, what I love about what you said is you said I, it's not about convincing because sales really isn't about convincing. Done wrong it is, but it's about educating and about helping people to know whether they should do business with you. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, it's all about two individuals, you know, talking, having a conversation and trying to understand if there's a good fit to solve a problem together. Yeah. And if that's the buyer and the lawyer and working through that, in again, a non-salesy way, in a way that makes everybody just comfortable. And you come to a conclusion, is this a good fit? Yes, let's move forward. And if it's not, and we understand why it's not a fit, then be okay with that too. Yeah. What I would say is like, if in a sales conversation, you learn it's not a good fit and the person ends up not engaging your firm, it should be such a conversation that they leave it willing to recommend your firm to others because of the way it went. Yeah, you're looking for long-term relationships and you're looking for, you know, referrals, right? At the end of the day. So, you know, you need to start off on the right foot. And if you don't have a good process or a good methodology, you know, and you're just kind of out there winging it or doing what you think is right, you, it might not be, you know, doing as well as you think. Yeah, indeed. All right. So I led the top of the show saying we're going to talk about business development. And on your you know your website and the stuff that you've written, I've read a lot of stuff and you, you talk about really that what you do is you help lawyers with business development. But I got to tell you, and I think we really need to start the show here is, you know, I go into a lot of law firms and I hear a lot of lawyers use those words business development. And there are at least three or four different definitions that people mean when they say it. Some people think it just means client development, like getting new clients and client acquisition. Some people think it means actually partnerships and strategic joint ventures and that kind of stuff. When we're talking about business development, you and I, and when you're talking to your clients about business development, what do you mean? What does that term really mean? Well, so that's, it's what it means to me and to my clients. And it's, and then there's the other five or six definitions that you mentioned, but I would put, I would encompass it into your personal efforts to find you know, and grow, find, you know, you know, lock up and, and, and continue to grow the business. So whereas marketing might be putting out messages and marketing might be about the branding element of it. And I touch on those things because I think they're all connected, sure. but it's, it's how do we develop a plan to go in and, and develop business? And that could be everything from, 
reaching out, like attending networking events or conferences to meeting with prospective clients and how you run that meeting to how you cross market with an existing client to identify more opportunities or obtain introductions from an existing client to grow that out. They're all encompassed under business development in sort of my definition. Okay, so would you say, just so, so we can kind of get real clarity on this, would you say that marketing is a subset of business development or is it like a Venn diagram where there's some overlap but some separation? I think it's that. I think I think there's some, like for example, I will work with my clients on improving their LinkedIn profile sure. uh, or how to post things. Well, that's you know marketing, but it is sometimes their efforts that that do that or them connecting with people on LinkedIn. That's That's more business development. And marketing is going to be more about the messaging. So for example- I send out a newsletter or I'm, you know, publishing on social media or I have a podcast. Those are more marketing channels that help reinforce the business development efforts that I'm undertaking. Cool. Okay. So, you know, an attorney, some attorneys who you work with, I'm sure have been in business a long time, some less, you know, when an attorney, let's say we're talking to somebody, somebody who's listening right now is either decided to hang out a shingle as a young attorney or has is leaving a larger firm or something else, but getting started in a law firm business, when should an attorney start considering business development as an essential part of running their practice? Well, we can go back to law school and I could yeah. make a comment like, you know, it's important to develop relationships and begin networking because the person sitting to your left or your right might be a general counsel, a, a, a referral source, something in the future. And so you might want to start then. But if we're talking about really diving into a full-blown business development effort, most of the attorneys that I talk to start somewhere in their in their third year, fourth year, because I think the first two or three years, it's really about being a great lawyer, learning you know, the business, learning the, the practice, the specialty. And I don't think you should ignore business development, but as far as a full-blown effort to grow a book of business, to become a partner or to make money in a solo practice so that you can pay for your family to live, those are the kinds of things that need to happen, you know, fairly soon. Right. And so that actually, you know, it's funny, I asked the question from the perspective of hanging out a shingle, but you very correctly brought me back to the fact that this isn't just for law firm owners. This is uh, something that associates coming up through a firm or, you know, partners in a small firm or an associate in a smaller firm. This is something for lawyers in every size practice to uh, need to get their hands onto and their mind around. Yeah, I think it's it's come it's come up in the last 15 years as as probably the second most important thing that a lawyer should be thinking about and doing next to being a great lawyer because at the end of the day if something goes down where your firm gets acquired or a recession hits or something if you don't have your own book of business if you don't have your own clients you're susceptible to furloughs you're susceptible to being fired or let go and again you know when you have your own book of business your own clients that you've developed well that gives you the freedom you know to have a seat at the table to take your book and, and be portable it's, it's all those options exist. And so I think it's something that more attorneys need to think about now more than ever. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned earlier in the show that you're not a lawyer yourself. And so I, I'll just speak, you probably know this, but, you know, in, in, in I'll admit I haven't been, it's been a million years since I've been in law school, but the general sense in law school was sort of work hard, do great work for your clients and the business will take, you know, the, the, the acquisition of new business will take care of itself. It was sort of what I call the field of dreams theory of marketing. You know, if you build it, they will come. What have you seen change over the past 
decade or so since you know since the Great Recession, since you really got started getting involved with lawyers. How has how has the need for business development changed over that time? Yeah, I think it's become really necessary because we're we're in a time of information. We're in a time of of competition. There's other attorneys that are doing a lot of marketing and a lot of business development. And if you're you're either a part of that and and, and working aggressively and and hard to 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 secure your future or you're left behind. And you know, every recruiter that I talk to when we speak about, you know, how do we move an attorney from one place to another? It always comes down to, oh, that's a great, great thing. What's their book of business? And mm-hmm. if the book of business doesn't exist, very difficult to place. Unless right. again, there just happens to be some perfect opening at the perfect time, which doesn't always happen. But there's been a definite shift in the last 10 or 15 years, which again, is why I think I'm in this industry. I think if, if this had hit me 20, 30 years ago, I probably wouldn't have, have decided to move into this area because it just, it wasn't as, ne- as necessary as it is today. Yeah, well, that makes that makes perfect sense. So I am talking with uh, Steve Fretzen. He's the owner of Fretzen Inc. And in that company and in his career, he helps lawyers get better at business development. We're going to talk more about that here in a minute. When we come back from the break, we'll launch right into, Steve, how to actually build a business development plan. Because we've been talking about the effort. But you mentioned a couple of times that one needs to have a plan. And I want to dive into that after this word from our sponsors. As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7-365 as an extension of your firm in both English and Spanish. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866 827 5568 or visit alertcommunications.com forward slash LTN. No one cites routine drafting as the reason they chose to become a lawyer, but that's where a lot of time goes for solo practitioners and small firms. LawYaw can help you transform your existing Word documents into reusable templates with no coding required. Save time and avoid errors with intuitive features like conditional logic. Use a tool that empowers your experience and expertise. Learn more at lawyaw.com, and that's L-A-W-Y-A-W.com. And we're back with Steve Fretzen. He's the owner of Fretzen, Inc., and he helps lawyers master business development skills. And now we're to the point where I want to ask you, because you mentioned it a couple of times, you said the word plan. And that really perked my ears up because one of the things I work with lawyers a lot about is building a business plan and failure to plan is a plan to fail, et cetera. But so when you when you think about a plan for business development, what do you counsel people to do? I mean, how how do you get started on writing a plan? Well, I think the first thing that we need to do is is really look at what are the strengths and weaknesses of that attorney their firm, and then what kind of opportunities and threats exist in the marketplace. So most marketing people know of a SWOT analysis. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's a very basic thing to do sort of at the beginning. But if we want to get into the blocking and tackling of writing a plan, and, and what I try to tell people is it doesn't have to be a 50-page MBA plan. You know, you're an individual lawyer. You want to go out and get business, and you want to do it in the least amount of time with the most amount of results. So how do we do that? So I break it into three parts and it's a lot like um, a story in the sense that 
we start with with sort of a theme and then we break it down into smaller and smaller chunks. Okay. And eventually what happens is it's like a three or four page document that tells you what to do every day, how to use other than billing hours, how do you spend your unbillable hours, right? There's a there you go. There's the show. Yay. That's the show, right? <laughs> so the first thing I would suggest is let's what's the objective? What as an attorney are you trying to accomplish in in in, in the next year? Okay. And someone might say, I want to go from from originating 500,000 to originating 2 million. And I'd say, well, wait a second. All right. You know, unless you've got, you know, a bunch of things lined up, we might have to look at, at, at bringing that number down to a reasonable level. So can we get that from 500 to 750? Can we get that from 500 to a million? And based on all the information that that individual might be sharing with me, we can decide, you know, where that should be. Sure. So, so that starts with the goal, I guess is what you're saying. You're the, saying yeah, the goal, we're going to move from here to there. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be dollars. Some people push back and they go, well, wait a second. It's not dollars. I need this number of matters or I need three clients or mm -hmm. whatever. And so I, I don't think it really matters how you want to rearrange the, you know, the, the tools in the toolbox. I think you just want to come up with something that's high, but manageable, high, but achievable. Sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. So, so first thing's a goal. What's, what's the next thing? The next thing, and again, this is so simple. It's what are the different, <laughs> right? No brain surgery here, unfortunately, or fortunately. It's what are the strategies that make the most sense for you to work towards? So for example, a strategy might leveraging my past and existing clients to obtain additional business and quality introductions. So the, the, the things that we're looking for is what's the low hanging fruit? What's the things that are maybe right in front of you that if you had a good angle or if you had a way to, to, to go in and develop that business, that it would be easier than, for example, running around the country trying to attend conferences or uh, joining 100 groups to try to right. meet new people, right? So, so there are things that are just easier than others, and we want to always focus on those. Easier right? and, I mean, I think kind of in, inherent in what you just said, easier and less costly, both in time and money. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll give you an example. I had a client who was a, in a state, he's an estate planner and he does about a million dollars in that type of work. And he's at a full service firm. And we identified very quickly that he is not really cross marketing all of his business clients into the firm. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, he's running around attending a bunch of networking groups and events. And I said, look, this has to stop you running around and meeting, you know, strangers and meeting, you know, strategic partners. That's that's fine, but that's not where the business is for you. If you had a good approach to go and sit down with your clients, ask a number of questions and identify that, in fact, they do need litigation. They do need banking help. They do need IP. And you have all of that, then you can introduce your partners in. And sure enough, you're going to get some origination on some work. By the way, you don't even have to do. Right. And you're going right. to grow your book that way. So we really want to focus on the strategies that we agree on, that it's the lowest hanging fruit or the easiest path to getting that business brought in. And those are going to, and don't choose a hundred or 10, pick two or three that really make sense. Yeah. And I love what you said about that. Cause what I find working with folks too, is like a lot of them say, well, part of my marketing plan or part of my business development plan is networking. And it's like, no, 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 that's net socializing. That's net drinking. You know, it's, let's be honest. You can go to those things for fun and sometimes they may be productive, but yeah, if you're not doing the easy stuff first, the, the high ROI stuff first, then you just have to admit what it is you're doing at, at those functions.
Right, right. And once you once you've established those efficient, effective means of of growing your book of business, the last piece of this, and this is the one that's a little more challenging, are the tactics, the tactical, yeah. actionable things that you're going to do to achieve the strategy. And that's where the story comes in. And the easiest way to explain this to lawyers is every good story has a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? right? And if you miss one of those three things, and we all know this when we're watching a movie and our spouse comes in and says, oh, what's going on here? What's going on there? And, you know, it's no good. You have to see the beginning to know what the middle is or the middle to see what the end is. And so when we're writing tactics, I usually try to help them write tactics around planning, execution, and follow through. Mm-hmm. And so a planning step might be creating a list of those clients and rating them A, B, or C and having a deadline associated with it. An execution step might be, all right, now you're actually emailing them and getting meetings set up and you've already prepared a list of questions. And follow through might be, oh yeah, they, they, they had suggested they were going to refer you to a friend of theirs that's a high level GC at a big corporation, but they haven't followed through yet. How do you stay on top of that to make sure that quality introduction actually happens? And so you want to have a more detailed explanation on the tactics. And again, that might just be a, you know, a page of bullet points. Sure. But that's, that's the simplest version of how to write a plan that lawyers don't push back on because anything more in depth than that, they're not real thrilled about you know, spending hours and hours and hours doing this. If they can knock it out in an hour to two hours, they seem pretty pleased. Yeah. And let me th- I just want to make sure I've got clarity on this. So the first part was setting a goal. Where do we want to go? Yep. And then the second part sounded a lot like basically what do I what am I going to try to get there? What are the what are the three or four tactics that I'm going to use to get to that goal? And then break those down, as you just said, into a list and deadlines and execution and follow through. Yep, that's it. Okay. And then so is the third part of the plan the follow through? Yeah, no, well, the third part was the tactics. So we had the objective or goals, the strategies and the tactics. I kind of melded them together, but got it. That's yeah, that's really the tactics is where the rubber meets the road. That's where that's where a lawyer can look down at the piece of paper and know exactly what he or she needs to do today, tomorrow, this week, scheduling time, having lists in front of you, all the things that 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 need to happen to ensure that it moves forward versus it just being shelved, you know, in a file cabinet never looked at again. Yeah. So, I mean, I've heard you say that business development really is, is you have this plan, you build this plan. That's great. So you, as you said, you know what to do. Like you come in, you've got this thing to, to look at and say, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, but I've also heard you describe it as a process. And I think that invites the comparison to a lack of process. So what have you seen um, about effective process and lack of process that people can learn from other people's mistakes? <laughs> what stories can you tell about that? Yeah, I mean it's 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 rampant. I mean, ninety percent of the attorneys that I come in contact with don't have any real process that they're following to secure business. They're going in, they're providing free consulting, they're giving away their rate structure, they're answering every question that the buyer has. Sure. And what I consider that is prescription before diagnosis is malpractice. Yeah. It's the it's yeah. essentially going in to see a doctor. My arm is hurting. The doctor takes one look at me and says, "Well, we'll just cut it off." <laughs> well, yeah, I'm yeah. not real. I'm not real thrilled with that uh, with that prescription, Doc. You know, so I think what I'm what I'm suggesting is that I have a process, and, and and this is a process that other people might be using in bits and pieces, but it it essentially walks a buyer through a buying decision to see if there's a fit, and along the way builds a stronger relationship, a stronger connectivity. You're going to understand that client at a level that you wouldn't have before if you just went in guns blazing with your solutions, 
And what happens is it's a lot like a therapist and and a patient. And if I yeah. go to see a therapist and the therapist asks me a lot of questions and I open up and and and, and you know get you know get weepy or whatever. I don't think I'm going to want to see another therapist the next week. I think now I'm attached to this therapist because I feel understood. And that's really what buyers and clients want, understanding. I mean, it just sounds like you described it as as listening being a really, really important part of this business development process. Yeah, it's, it's critical. And I don't think people do enough justice to listening and the importance of it in not only in in a, in a business development scenario, but in a life scenario. You know, mm-hmm. if I don't listen to my wife and I just talk over her, we're not going to be happily married for you know very long, right. right? So these are life skills that I don't think are emphasized in law school. They're not emphasized at the law firm level in most cases, and I think it's a skill that needs to be honed. So I role play with my clients just as an example, and we walk through these steps. And if they're just, you know, falling into the trap of answering questions and providing me free consulting and I trap them, I'm, I'm pretty advanced, right? <laughs> I've done this, is not my first rodeo. And we stop and we go, look, there's a, there's a, a, a tipping point here where you could have asked another question. You could have done a better job listening. You could have been empathetic. We need to do this again. We need to rework this because you're just trying to sell and solve. And that's not really what I'm trying to teach you. Yeah. And in fact, it sounds like what, I mean, to me, what it sounds like is you're kind of saying that the lawyers have a, you know, when they come to you before they go through the training, they seem to have a tendency to want to show off. Like, you know, let me show you what I know about how to solve a problem like yours, rather than listening to the depth of the problem. And I think it's, it's not necessarily, you know, anyone's fault. I think it's just the way that, that, you know, we, you know, we haven't, we haven't had any proper training or coaching on this and we're all kind of built that way, you know, one upsmanship and, yeah. and, and, and you're at a dinner party and you want to get your two cents in. I mean, we all feel that, but I think when you're, when you're dealing with a prospective client, someone who's going to be, you know, possibly your client for the rest of your career, if you play your cards right, you need to take a, a different approach. And if you aren't either trained or coached for that, it's tough. It's tough to change those kinds of habits. Yeah. So Again, you you are like amazing. You're, you're providing me with the segues. Uh, we're going to talk about habits. I want to talk about habits because we all know the one way to make something a habit is practice. And so when we come back, I want to talk about how, like, I'm pretty sure that this skill set for business development isn't one and done. It's something that we need to practice to make a habit. And we'll talk about that right after we listen to our sponsors. Now more than ever, an effective marketing strategy is one of the most important things for your firm. Scorpion can help. With nearly 20 years of experience serving the legal industry, Scorpion has proven methods to help you get the high-value cases you deserve. Join thousands of attorneys across the country who have turned to Scorpion for effective marketing and technology solutions. For a better way to grow your practice, visit scorpionlegal.com. Law Clerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Whether you need a research memo or a complicated appellate brief, Our network of freelance lawyers have every level of experience and expertise. Sign up is free, and there are no monthly fees. Only pay the flat fee price you set. Use rebate code UNBILLABLE to get a $100 Amazon gift card when you complete your next project. Learn more at lawclerk.legal. All right, we are back with Steve Fretzen, um, who's helping attorneys across the country up their business development game. And so I wanted to talk to you, Steve, now about performance improvement. You know, once once we learn about these things, like I don't think anybody after listening to this show is going to be like, oh, I've seen the light now. I'm going to be perfect at business development. How do we improve 
our skills as lawyers at this business development skill set. Sure. So the the simplest thing I can advise is to take some moments after you leave a networking one-on-one meeting, after you leave a meeting with a prospective client, and really debrief what just happened. What did Mm -hmm. you like about what happened? What did you not like about what happened? What question really hit home? And, and, and could you have taken that further or not? And it's, it's obviously harder to do that on your own than with a coach or with someone that, that sort of has in-depth you know, knowledge of this. But even on your own, you can always come up with something that you can improve if you just take a moment to do that. And I think the big switch for me is that I always learned growing up that practice makes perfect. Practice right. makes perfect, right? And that's the key. And what I found is that that's not true. And, and before anybody yells at me or pushes back, it was Lombardi, and I apologize to the non-sports people, but it relates so well. It's not about practice making perfect. It's perfect practice makes perfect. Yeah, practicing something the wrong way is not going to help you very much. But what I'm seeing is, are people going from meeting to meeting to meeting for years and years and years and never reflecting back on if it's working, it's not working, it can be improved. That could be a, a shoddy infomercial, right, where you go through a 100 features and benefits that no one wants to hear, right. or it could be something where you're you're pitching too soon, convincing someone of how great you are in your firm is when you should have been asking questions and been a better listener. And so not identifying those things can be absolutely detrimental to growth, improvement, and of course, building a book, which is the ultimate goal. So obviously, this is something you help people with, but what, what else can, can folks do? Are there, are there resources out there that they can read, they can watch to start working on their business development skills? Yeah, so much to, yeah. to absorb. I mean, you've got, I have three books. You know, personally, I write an article for the Chicago Daily Blog Bulletin every month. Podcasts, there's videos, there's so much information, not just on business development, but legal business development. Yeah. That if you wanted to find that information, it exists on the web. You just have to type in some magic words and you're going to be inundated with content that's all super useful and helpful and so it's for some people, they're going to need the accountability and the, and the structure of having an advisor or coach. In other situations, if you're a self-starter or you feel like you can get enough out of tools online or, or by going to Amazon and purchasing some books and things like that to give yourself a, a, a shot in the arm, it's all available. It's a lot to wade through too, though. I mean, it's uh, like my Facebook feed, for instance, that's all I get. That's all I get is pitches, pitches, pitches on one or another aspect of this, not all of which are really valid. Well, let me, let me just add something that if you have a friend, if someone is out there listening that has a friend that has been super successful in business development, you need to talk with that friend because that friend might say, oh, you know, I hired this coach or I have this book or I have this, or I always listen to this podcast or whatever the case might be. Talk with those successful lawyers that have, that are, that have done it right. They've, they're, they're the lawyer everyone's talking about and you're a friend with that person or could become that, you know, friend. So that's another way to get on the right track. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Let me ask you, because I, I didn't really, I, I, I noted this at the beginning of the show, and I didn't ask then, but I want to ask now. You mentioned one thing, it's like after you've done the work, you know, this is what do you need to be doing during your unbillable hour? And we laughed about it being the name of the show. But, you know, I can, I can almost feel people listening to the show right now thinking to themselves, yeah, sounds great, but I am balls to the wall, billing, 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 billing. I don't have time for this. And 
I think you know you and I both know that that's not true, but people have a hard time managing their time. So, what, do you have any recommendations for how people can work this practice, 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 and perfect practice um, of getting better at business development into their very, very busy schedules? Sure. And, and listen, I'm not on my on my own with this. I'm taking in content from the smartest people in certain areas. And yep. one of the one of the, the the individuals that changed my life, and I, I love to give this individual credit, is a gentleman named David Allen, mm-hmm. who wrote a book called Getting Things Done. It's got to be 15, 20 years old at this point. But I'm one of these people that is very naturally very disorganized. I mean, I had stacks of business cards, stacks of proposals mixed in with a brochure to Tahiti. I mean, <laughs> it, it, there was nothing that was organized with, yeah. with the way that I was running my business. I read the book, did as much as I could to try to not be a robot, but also get all of the great takeaways. And the way that he breaks it down, it just, it all made sense. And so I'm able to better delegate. I'm able to better make decisions about what I should be spending time in and, and not. And I think that that's one thing that that you could do right away as a tool to get your time managed. If you can be a better manager of time, you're going to be a better business developer because you'll have time to actually do it where now you're looking at, at your billable hours saying, no way, Jose, I got to see my family at some point. Right, right. And you you got to carve the time, but you got to manage. I love, I love that book as well. I think that's a fantastic recommendation. Yeah, and I'll give you one more. And in this, I've done, yeah, I've done this with a with a ton of 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 clients, and it's been just super eye opening. Is I actually work with my clients to track their day. Uh, in some cases, track their week, but I find mm-hmm. that if most people are having a similar day and they actually track it in fifteen minute increments, but you're not tracking billable hours, you're tracking all of the different activities or actions that you're taking, I uncovered things like a lawyer who is, who is doing two hours of, of copying documents a day. Oh my gosh. Okay. Why? Didn't want to teach the paralegals. Didn't want to just thought, I'll just do this myself. I don't want to bother anybody. Terrible, right? So if you do the math on that, it actually works out to an extra week a month yeah. that that individual gets back because he delegated that simple chore of, of making copies. Yeah. That's a firing offense in my firms. <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> but these are the kinds of things that I identify all the time. Yeah, yeah. One, another one that, that was crazy was an individual was not getting stuff done during the day. He's going to bed at one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So he needs his eight hours. So he's getting up at nine. He's going to temple. And then after temple, he's doing his day. Well then, then yeah. So he's getting that's, started at 11. You need to go to bed at 10. Yeah. And if you, you're still going to get your eight hours now you can get up earlier, go to Temple, and now you've got an extra, again, two hours a day that you're going to be able to put into your business development or billable hours. And it's just game changing. But sometimes we just don't see what what we're in. We can't see through the tunnel of our, you know, the vision of our eyes looking out. And that's why, you know, we need to identify these things. I think that's a great, um, great recommendation. So as we uh, as we come close to wrapping, um, I just, uh, is there one key takeaway that you'd love to give our listeners as to a a way to get started to becoming better business developers? I think it's going to come back to the three P's that I already mentioned, which is, you know, you need to have a plan. You need to start looking at, at identifying processes that are better than what you're currently doing and winging it is not a process, right? That's the opposite, right? (laughs) Right. And then the last, and the last P obviously performance improvement, you might be working on improving your process uh, through reading a book or working with a coach or whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, you're not going to be, I have a process for playing golf. It doesn't mean I'm a scratch golfer. 
right? So we need to consider the performance improvement piece and continue to improve our process until we feel like we really have it down. We're seeing the results. We're seeing the time, you know, get weighing down because we're becoming more efficient. Yeah, well, that makes total sense. And unfortunately, that also wraps up this edition of the Unbillable Hour. Thank you all for listening. Our guest today has been Steve Fretzen. He's the founder and owner of Fretzen Inc., and he helps attorneys improve their performance in business development, get really good at it. Steve, before we let you go, um, if people are intrigued by this, they want to learn more about how coaching fits in and how to contact you on that, what's a good way to reach you or your company? Absolutely. So the best way is to go to my website. It's uh, Fretzen, F-R-E-T-Z-I-N.com. You can always just type my name in on Google. Also, you can reach me directly by phone at 847-602-6911. Fantastic. Steve, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. My pleasure. And of course, this is Christopher Anderson. And I look forward to seeing you next month with another great guest as we learn more about topics that help us build the law firm business that works for you. Remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. Thanks for joining us. We'll speak again soon. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Join us again for the next edition, right here with Legal Talk Network. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu slash interactive or download PLI's mobile app.